We have two readings today. Uh, first, from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 14 to 15. And the uh, second scripture is from First Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. You find Joshua in, in the church provided Bibles on page 240. And the Bible reads, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end, is all, the end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. And we ask that in these moments and in our lives, the two would be united in ways that change our lives you. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. So this week we've come to the end of our sermon series uh, looking at salt and light and what it means to be salt and light to the world based on where Jesus uh, turned to his disciples during the Sermon on the Mount and said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world and would have shocked all his listeners gathered around that he was calling his disciples to such a task and not the religious leaders as people would have expected. We've looked at what it means to be salt and light um, to our neighbours at work, even looked at what it means to be salt and light to our enemies. And as we draw this sermon series to a close, we're looking at the most important place, I believe, for us to be salt and light. And when I first say where it is, you're going to think that sounds quite contradictory. Because the primary purpose of being salt and light, obviously, is to shine the light of Jesus to this world so that people may see and know that he is real, that he exists, and that he makes a difference to our lives. And that's the primary call for us, that we are to be salt and light to this world. That's Jesus' desire. And so therefore, you'd, you'd assume that being salt and light is something very much for the public sphere, for when you're out and about, for when you're in church together. We looked at what it means to be salt and light as a church. The passage from 1 Peter that we chose for this morning kind of sums that up really about what it means when we gather together to love one another, to be in hospitality, to never 
complain about being hospitable to one another. All those things, really important about being salt and light. We are called to be salt and light to those places. But I want to look this morning about what it means to be salt and light at home. And I don't mean salt and light to your family. Because that, in a way, I hope is a given. <laughs> that if you believe in Jesus, you want your family to, to know Jesus. But actually, I'm, I was aware as I was preparing this, there are people here who, who don't have family at home. Maybe their family has gone up and moved. Uh, maybe they've never had children. Maybe they've never been married. Maybe they've never had a family. But still, the primary call, I think, is for us to be salt and light at home, in the quiet place, in the private place. Why? Because it's everything to do with authenticity and integrity. Being salt and light is not about going into the world and pretending to believe in Jesus. It's about him actually making a difference to your life and that showing to the world. It's not a case of going out and putting a mask on for a Sunday morning saying, yeah, I'll be salt and light here, and I'll be salt and light when I go to the prayer meeting, and I'll be salt and light when I'm perhaps with those people who I know where I should be salt and light. Salt and light is our very being, because being salt and light is about having Christ in us, the hope of glory, changing us from glory to glory, glory. He is in us, we are in him, that is the fact of life for the Christian, and so we should be just as prepared to be salt and light at home as we are in the world. And if it's not the case. If we are not being salt and light at home in our everyday, then any salt and light that we can wish to show to the world will only be artificial. Because true salt and true light comes, as we said right at the beginning of this sermon series, from that place of relationship with Jesus Christ, from our true source of light. Uh, I don't often watch cooking shows, but occasionally I do. Uh, And I was watching one recently that was talking about salt. And the kind of table salt that you have on your table, the really fine stuff that you might have, uh, actually it's surprising how little salt is actually in that. (laughs) How many other things have gone into that to give the illusion of it being salt? If you want real salt, you need proper rock salt. That's the stuff that really makes a difference, the genuine stuff. Uh, We recently have become the owners of a lizard in the Smith family house. Uh, And um, it's a a wonderful joy. Uh, Those of you who know uh, about reptiles know that in order to survive, they need to bask in the sun for some time. They're cold-blooded. They need to basically bask in the sun in order to soak up all the energy they need. Now, in this country, that's not particularly useful. I mean, it's nice today, but this isn't normal. And so in the tank of our lizard is a UV light. They're designed to, to mimic the sun, essentially. We turn it on during the day to turn it off at night. But it, it's no substitution for the real thing. I, I don't want to be part of a church of people pretending to be salt and light. I want to be part of a church where people are genuinely salt and light to this world. And that can only happen if we are prepared to be salt and light at home. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that he who does not worship alone does not truly worship. And that's an incredibly powerful statement, isn't it? Because being a Christian isn't about the Sunday morning, it's about our entire lives being, being transformed by the living, risen Jesus Christ. And, and my question is always, why pretend to be a Christian when you can actually be one? I know that seems like a bit of a bonkers question, but I know plenty of people who might say they're a Christian and pretend to be in certain spheres, but then they go through the rest of their life as if Jesus makes no difference to their lives at all whatsoever. Why fake it when you can actually be in relationship with Jesus? When you can actually have what Jesus offers to this world for real? Why fake it? Why say you're that and not actually live as if you're that? 
Joshua is writing at a time where he and the people around him have seen God do incredible things. Joshua is one of the few original people to actually see the promised land come to fruition. Everybody else didn't believe and they they didn't believe it could happen, but Joshua did. He stood on the edge of the walls and said, yes, we can do this because God is on our side. He and others saw God do amazing things, yet he's still surrounded by people who are choosing to worship other gods because it's kind of what they've known and what they've done before. And I don't know about you, but when I read this passage in in Joshua, I I read Joshua's frustration and and, and almost anguish and pain as he's saying, okay, so we've seen God do these amazing things. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. He's basically pleading, begging them to throw away the gods of your forefathers. Uh, Throw them, uh, the, the, the ones that they worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. That's his desire for the people that he's around, that they would realise how great God is, how good God is, and that they would give their lives entirely to him. But Joshua's a really good leader, because he's recognised the most important truth that any leader needs to learn. If you're the leader of anything in this church, if you're the leader of a ministry, of a home group, even of your own family, if you're a leader of yourself, the first thing you need to learn in leadership is the only person you can ever control is you. You can't control other people. It's just not possible and it's not right. And Joshua knows that and he's basically saying, I'm pleading with you to believe in the Lord, serve the Lord your God and him only. Don't serve any other gods, don't do all that stuff. But then he says, but if, if that is incomprehensible to you, if you cannot imagine doing that, if that seems, he actually says, if that seems undesirable to you, which for Joshua just must be absolutely unthinkable that it would be undesirable to serve God. If that is undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Because you cannot serve two gods. You can't serve Jesus on a Sunday than somebody else for the rest of the week. Either you're all out for Jesus or you're not. And he's saying you can't, you can't do both. So choose who you're going to serve. Who's your God going to be? And then powerfully he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we are going to give Lord Jesus, we're going to give God everything. Because he's done everything for us. When I was uh, younger, that song, uh, that, that very famous verse was turned into a song. I'm not going to make you sing it now, but I'm sure you've all got it going around in your heads. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, as for me and my children, we will serve the Lord. I came to faith at the age of uh, about 15. And I uh, was in church one Sunday and they were singing that song and I found it really, really hard because I was the only Christian in my family. My parents weren't Christians, my brothers aren't Christians. uh, And so I was like, God, I want this to be true. I really want this to be true, but it's just not. And so I had to sort of sing the kind of as for me and then sort of be quiet for the rest. Now as a father, things are very different. Now I have my own family, I, I can pray that because... You may be the only Christian in your family, and I acknowledge that's a really, really difficult thing to to be. It's a really difficult place to be a Christian if you're the only one there. But actually, as as parents, Linz and I now have an opportunity to create a new lineage of, of children who could grow up knowing that Jesus is for them. And we can't force that decision on them, and we never will. But we hope we will model something that Jesus is real that he makes a difference to our lives in our home. And we're not great at that all the time. There are times I do it really well and there's times when I really don't. 
But I, I at least intend, <laughs> I try to make it that Jesus is central to our home. Because if I want to be a salt and light to this world, then the only thing I can hope to do is to reflect the God that I know. That's the only way we can be true salt and light, by being reflections of the God that we know. So if the God that you worship is only ever worshipped on a Sunday, that's the God you're showing to the world. A God who's only worth worshipping once a week. If, if the God you know is authoritarian and judging you all the time, then that's the God you're going to show to the world. If the God that you know is all about committees and doing stuff all the time and working yourself so much that you get absolutely wiped out and exhausted, then that's the kind of God you're going to show to the world. But just look at the God that Jesus showed to the world. Look at the God that Jesus showed. If you want to know the God that Jesus showed to the world, you just have to read John 14 and 15. You have to read the, the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. That's when you see the God that Jesus shows to the world and the God that he desires for us to show to the world. And that kind of relationship, that kind of God, comes from cultivating a daily relationship with him. And when we do that, as John said right in the beginning of the sermon series, the light won't help but shine. We won't be able to stop the light from shining. We won't have to try to make the light shine even because it will be a natural shining from a natural relationship in, with the true source of the light. If we want to be genuine salt and light to this world, then we need to be prepared to be salt and light at home. If it's going to be genuine and authentic, with integrity, then it's not a mask we put on. It's something we become because we're in relationship with the God who is that light. The God who is a perfect, loving Father. And I'm not standing here pretending that this is an easy thing, because it's all about making an intentional decision and commitment to make Jesus your number one priority in life. And that invariably means surrendering all the other stuff that you're holding on to. And it's not an easy thing. But anything you lose will be nothing compared to what you gain. Absolutely nothing. As was mentioned actually in the prayers this morning, there are people willing to give their lives for Jesus. That's why it blows my mind that some people will pretend to believe in Jesus, when elsewhere in the world there are people dying for the very truth that Jesus is real. And we make we can make being a Christian or becoming a Christian, in inverted commas, a really difficult and complicated thing. But we've seen 15 children come to faith this week. <laughs> because it is that easy that children can get it. So why on earth can't we sometimes? And so I want to make it as easy for us as it was for them. So I want us just to close our eyes for a minute just so we're not distracted by those around us. And it may be that you're here this morning, and in want of a better phrase, and I know this isn't really a very nice phrase to use, but you've been faking it for some time now. You've been maybe acknowledging Jesus with your lips, but denying him with your lifestyle. maybe Jesus has just kind of moved off centre a little and other things have come in the way <coughs> and today is the day that, that he reclaims this place in the centre of your life again and I know the word surrender is a difficult one but it might be that there's things that you know 
you need to give over in order for that to happen. It might be that you're here this morning and you've never, ever known what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And there's an offer for you this morning to be part of what he has for you. To enter into that relationship, which is a life-transforming relationship. It may be you're here this morning and you are the only Christian in your family. And you want to choose for yourself to serve the Lord and that's difficult on a daily basis but whatever you resonate with most I just want to pray this prayer and this is the exact same prayer word for word that we used with the kids this week the kids who wanted to say yes to Jesus the kids who wanted Jesus to be front and centre of their lives the kids who wanted Jesus to be Uh, They're everything and they're all in all. And if you want to make this prayer your own, just copy it after me. uh, Quietly if you want to, out loud if you prefer, however you feel most comfortable. And it's as simple as this. Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you were prepared to die to forgive my sin. Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done in my life. Jesus, I'm sorry for living life my own way. But I choose today. I choose from this moment to live my life for you and with you. And by your Holy Spirit, would you help me to do that? So that I may know the Father as I am known by him. Amen. Often when you share a message like that, it can leave some people feeling, well, am I actually a Christian then? Uh, and, and the simple thing is, if you've prayed that prayer, then yes, you are. It's that easy. It's not complicated, it's that easy. Uh, and then from there, everything you do is with God's help. That's why the hymn that we just sang was was beautiful. It's all that kind of going forth in God's strength, in God's name, with God by our side. That he doesn't leave us or abandon us. And uh, we're going to do just a a song in response um, called God in My Living. Um, It's called Be My Everything. Um, It really just kind of sums up really what what being salt and light at home is really about. Um, So let's stand together.